0: This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. If you have your Bibles, turn to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, we are in the middle of a series on the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 2, we're going to look at verse 12. Uh, if you've not been here, we've been in this series in Philippians. It's a book uh, found in the New Testament, uh, which was written by the Apostle Paul to Christ's followers. This is a, a book. This is um, a letter written to Christians. It was not written to non-Christians. These were people who were inside the church. They were Christ's followers in the city of Philippi, which is why we call it the book of Philippians. And it's only four chapters long. Uh, It's not very long, but let me just tell you, it is a powerful, powerful book. Packed with spiritual insights, practical teaching, and I think if you apply this personal life challenges, you can see your life really developing strong in the Lord. And Paul encourages, the Apostle Paul encourages, to really work on our own uh, spiritual growth, you know, one of the things that I would love for all of us to uh, to do is to take advantage of the opportunities that we have. We have an actual Bible in front of you. Not everybody in the world has a Bible. You have it in book form or digital form, and take advantage of it. Begin to work out uh, your spiritual growth. And so there's lots of questions that we're going to try to uh, ask and pray that the Lord will answer to us about spiritual growth in this book. Uh, If you remember in uh, weeks past, the uh, Apostle Paul uh, started telling us that there's something important, that we are called saints and, and he declared us to be saints, and God declares us to be saints. And so it's important that we live up to the, the, the title that we've been given. And so um, then we, answer, we try to answer the question, why, good, why bad things happen to good people. and uh, how, But he twists, he gives it a different spin, and he talks about how we should respond to when bad things happen. Because bad things happen to everybody. And so you just have to live long enough to realize it. uh, it, uh, all of us, bad things happen, even when we are good and we do good things. And then uh, the Apostle Paul, early in in chapter 1 and 2, he's going to say, let's finish well. Let's finish our race well. And uh, one of the things that we didn't talk about, but it's in there, he's basically going to challenge us that it's not about you. It's about uh, building the body of believers. And so it's not about what I like as the music uh, selection or what I like about lighting or what I like about the uh, color of the carpet. It's about what is best to expand God's kingdom in our church and so uh and then we talked about if if you have any relationship with christ then it will ex- express itself in uh some action one and he talks about specifically is about unity and then last week we talked about what is unity it's humility and of course it uh it expresses god's character the triune god it's mysterious uh, it's love for one another how we greet with one uh with one another so it doesn't matter if we uh, love what uh, eric had to say it doesn't matter if, uh what social status you are in. We don't just uh, stay with our social status group, uh, but everybody. That's the thing I love about uh, Christianity is when you walk through these doors, it doesn't matter what your role is out there. We're all brothers and sisters in here. And so now we're going to talk about what's next. And if you look at verse 12, Paul's going to bring a lot of this together. He says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Very interesting. Let me read that again. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and act according to his good purpose, Philippians 2, 12 through 13. And before we talk and unpack what that verse really means, I want to make sure that we know what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that you're going to work for salvation. You're not going to work for salvation. That's not what it's saying. Uh, you know, salvation in different uh, worldviews, different religions, they have different, you have to basically work for it. I don't have the time to talk about all the different uh, religions that talk about how you have to work at it to get salvation. One of my favorite uh, analogies, it's not perfect, but it's pretty good, is that uh, most, not all religions uh, try to get to God. You have to climb a ladder. You got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do that. Uh, But Christianity through Jesus, there's the ladder, but he comes down and meets us at our level. So I, I love that. So it's, we're not, Paul's not saying you have to work for your salvation, but you have to work at it. And there's the difference. And it's radically different. There was this conference, and I've shared this uh, years past, but there was this conference in England about what was the uh, uniqueness of each religion. There was a world religion conference, and they were talking about is is the Christian faith unique, uh, and a lot of people said no. Uh, Is the idea of God becoming man? No, Greek mythology has a lot of that. Uh, Was it heaven and life after death? No other religions have life after death and eternal soul. Was it about loving your neighbor uh, and good works and care for the poor? No, there's all sorts of uh, religious organizations um, outside of Christianity that uh, do good works and care for the poor. Was it about sin and hell and judgment? know that's, that's uh, in other religions uh, as well. And then this famous story, of course, is about C.S. Lewis walks into the room, and then he asks, you know, what, what is going on? And so there was all these people, these smart people talking about, and they said, well, we're talking about Christianity. Uh, and, and then he says, well, what are you guys talking about? What are you debating about? And he says, uh, what is unique about Christianity? Christianity, What is unique contribution among the world religions? And C.S. Lewis says, oh, that's easy. It's grace. And they thought about it, and they had to agree. Unlike most other religions in the, on the planet, Christianity is not based on works, but grace. Paul writes this, he says in Ephesians, another book, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. So when we go back to Philippians, therefore, my dear friends, as you've always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It's not work for your salvation. And so this is important that we have to work In developing our salvation for it is by grace you have been saved freely it's been given to us the salvation totally undeserved it's getting what you don't deserve and not getting what you do deserve that's what grace is that's what Jesus has done for us but Paul is talking about in Philippians is about working out your salvation something that many of us I hope don't overlook I can't think of another analogy. I show a picture of this farm. One of my fav- favorite farms. is There you go. Uh, White Oak Pastures. Anybody know where White Oak Pastures is? Yes. It's found right up in north, uh, s- southwest Georgia. Uh, Bluffton, Georgia. Beautiful farm. And there's a story. And that's the owner. You can't really see him. But he's there working his farm. But the analogy I can think of is that, can you imagine if you were just given a farm You didn't do anything to to gain it. It wasn't like even inheritance. It was just given to you. And this is what I think Paul is trying to tell us is that we have been given this beautiful thing called salvation. It's like a farm. And now what are we going to do with this thing? We're good. We're going to hopefully develop it. This gentleman uh, is a natural farmer. The cows only eat grass, and they graze on their free-range, free-range cattle. Uh, They have free-range everything. It's the coolest, coolest farm in the world. Now, it's not cheap, but it is awesome, and I love what they're doing. He He's taking what he's been given, and he's making it sure. And one thing that he talks about all the time, it's regenerative. It's regenerating. It's regenerating. And I'm thinking about our, our faith in Christ as we work it out, as we've been given this gift to, to work the land, the salvation land, and to help us to work it out. And Paul is talking about this. It, it, salvation is not something that is passive, we don't just sit back and you know get on a, um, a, a little raft and just get on some lazy river and expect that somehow we're going to develop and grow and be impactful in our lives. We are to cooperate with, with God. Our salvation in Christ is, is not just something that is futuristic. That's something that we, you know, it's like a coupon we have at the end of life and we, can, and we can turn it in and somehow we make it into heaven. It's more than just that. We are, yes, we are saved, but we are being saved at the same time. So you and I are to be living out and fleshing out what Paul is telling his his church, and he's telling us that we are to be living out the saved life. And that saved life carries, I would say it carries uh, obligations. So if you are a follower in Christ, then these things, and he talks about unity, need to follow up with it to make the statement true. If you weren't here three, four weeks ago, it's you know talked. It's it's kind of like an equation. If you are a follower of Christ, then these things, but these things have to match to make the statement true. So you can't unleash the power of prayer if you're not praying. Does that make sense? You know, uh, you can't uh, be guided by God's truth if we're not reading God's truth, His Word. Uh, it's it's hard to be filled with His presence of God if we're not creating space in order for him to speak to us through what I call silence and solitude. Uh, It's hard to be challenged by godly men and women if you're not placing yourself in a situation where you're around godly men and women. That's one thing we love about small group is that, yeah, I want to get stronger in my faith. I'm tired of doing these things that don't match up to the if and then. And then so the Lord's going to say, okay, so begin to exercise that gift that I've, been give, I've given you. And let's pray. Begin to pray. Begin to set some time apart and to hear God, to read his word, uh, to surround yourself around godly men and women. And that they, they can encourage you and challenge you and help you develop in your journey with Jesus. It's hard to have a heart for the poor if you're not around the poor to help them. Does that make sense? Uh, it's hard. To, uh, you can't be a man of God that God has called you as a husband, a father, a leader, apart from striving to be that man of God that he's called you to be. It's hard to be filled with the Spirit, as the Scripture tells us, without asking the Lord to fill us and being filled with the Spirit. We cannot demonstrate true life of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control if we're not being empowered by the Holy Spirit and allow Him to, uh, to, uh, to regenerate us and allow the, the fruit of the Spirit to flow through us. Too many of us, and hopefully none of you in this room or me, that instead of those things, the fruit of the Spirit, uh, what we're doing is we're embracing a life of hatred, discord, jealousy, sexual morality, fits of rage, selfish ambition, and envy. A friend of mine told me in a moment, uh, it was a very low moment, in a fit of rage, spewed some incredibly hurtful words. To his child. And I didn't know what to do at the moment. I didn't want to be the, I don't know how you recover from that. I was in shock. And, And so later on in our trip together, I was just praying. I said, God, help him, help me to help him. That those things are not beneficial for his own life, nor for the kingdom of God. It doesn't match the if then. So your life in Christ is something that, uh, I like this word, is is meant to be appropriated. Take something that originally is not yours and make it yours. Your life in Christ. Take Christ's life and make it yours. And that takes cooperation with him. And that's what Paul is saying to us. Cooperate with him. So Paul is saying, hey, listen, uh, work out your salvation through spiritual growth and maturity. And so salvation is not just a gift. It is a gift, but it's not just that. It's not just an event where you go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and raise your hand. You know, back in the day, it was like, uh, raise your hand and come forward. And then it later on became just raise your hand. And then, um, uh, we don't do this, but uh, you know, now it's like, Text, you know, text that, yes. Uh, So it's it's more than just that. That's just the beginning. Salvation is not just a gift. It's not just an event, but something that's alive and dynamic, and it's made to make its way through our lives and change us and help us to become more Christ-like, and that's God's agenda. Not just some future, not just so we're, we're like that in heaven, but here on earth to have salvation transform you and me? The question I always like to ask is, but we don't really ask it a lot because it's kind of, uh, it's kind of in your face. Has there been a change? You know, uh, can, if you were to go back to your high school, Days, if you, and it's been a decade or more, uh, could they see a change? Could people say, Wow, you're totally different. You're not like what I remembered. And we're not talking about physical change because uh, that happens. I remember my first 10 year reunion, they were actually having a competition for the guys to bend over and see who was the baldest, <laughs> so uh, whose hair was the thinnest. Thank the Lord I didn't win that one. Uh, uh, so, Yes, so has there been a change? Can there be, is there a change? If we were to uh, take a snapshot of your social media from uh, pre-Christ to post-Christ, can we see a change? Is, is there a change? And so again, we have to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. That's what Paul is telling us in the beginning. He says, again, let me read it again. If, uh, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Paul is challenging the church, and he's challenging us that we are to be deeply, actively involved in the process of growing. Now, Paul says, uh, "Do this with fear and trembling." So the question is, like, what is that? You know, especially in today's culture, we don't really like the words "fear" and "trembling," but it's it's a code word, or it's another way of saying, "Take it seriously. Take it seriously." To be Take it seriously. Take, you know, it's like take going out to work, uh, um, excuse me, working out. Some people take it, some of us take it seriously. I mean, some of you take it seriously, all right? Um, you know, so, and I'm just going to pick on my daughter-in-law. She takes running seriously. It's not It's not once every two months, it's It's. She takes it seriously. And what has happened is that her, I'm guessing here, but your time has improved throughout you taking it seriously. And it's very similar to our Christian walk. If we take it seriously and we, and we take it to the point where we, we are spending time with the Lord, we are praying, we are doing those things, we're asking the Lord to fill us, what happens is your life begins to develop spiritually. So his challenge for us and my challenge for me and you is let's not make salvation cheap. Let's, let's take it seriously. Of course, I, I think of the parable in Matthew 25, if you want to turn there real quick. It, for, uh, this is a parable Jesus was telling. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and trusted them to this property. That's why I like the farm picture. To one he gave five talents, the other two and the other one to, according to his ability. They went away, and when he had received the five talents, went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. And so he who had the talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug it in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward bringing five more talents. Master, you've delivered me to five talents here. I have made five talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little and I will set you over much. I'm not going to read the rest of it because it's a long, but if you could read it yourself. Again, it's someone that is taking it seriously, taking, you know, uh, this passage is particularly talking about talents, but I'm, I'm the, the gift of salvation. Paul tells us, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. A few months ago, I shared a message. I forget what it was, but I don't know if you've ever gotten life insurance. They actually put you on a scale. They take your uh, blood pressure. They put heart probes on your heart because they want to know what their risk is in insuring you as a, as a person. Um, and so, uh, you know, and depending on that risk, depending on that blood uh, levels and they'll test it they'll give you like a level one which is low rates level two level three and then you know if you're those levels you're they'll insure you but your insurance rates are going to be through the roof and one thing they ask is can you walk a mile Uh, so that's the thing that tells them that you have somehow taken your health somewhat seriously and the question I have for us as a church is, can we walk a mile spiritually? Are we able to greet someone in the name of Christ? You know, can we be that person that says, you know, you're important, you value, you matter? Um, that's like saying someone who can walk a mile, that someone is actually active in their faith and it's being expressed. The if and then are working and that person is developing in their, in their faith in Jesus Of course, we probably know too many people, hopefully not not too many people, but some people that, you know, they raised their hands and they never developed in their relationship with Jesus. And then Romans chapter 6 comes in. What shall we say? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? And Paul says, absolutely not Someone's if and then isn't working, it doesn't mean that we can just have, you know, consistently just go to, Jesus, forgive me, and everything's fine. Jesus will forgive, but that's not the life that is, that is consistent with working out your salvation. If my sin needs forgiveness, I need to find that forgiveness through grace of God that flows from Christ then my life is changed. Can you imagine if someone said to his, wife, his spouse, hey, I'm going to go mess around, but I'm going to come back every night. And I'm going to say I'm sorry every night. It's, that's not developing that relationship, that intimate relationship with your spouse. And the same thing in Romans chapter 6. is like stop that it's silliness. It doesn't, doesn't work like that. And so Paul is challenging challenge us to work it out. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and act according to his good purpose. One thing I read in that is that you're not alone. You're not alone. God is with you. The presence and the power of God is with you, active in your life if you allow him. I don't have the power and you don't have the power to change on your own. And I would say, uh, I've tried. I came to a point in my life with Jesus. I, I, I raised my hand. And I said, mm-hmm, yes, I don't want to go to hell. And, uh, but I didn't really bow my knee to Christ. And I said, your will be done in my life. I didn't do that. Uh, I just wanted fire insurance. And so, uh, man, I lived, I, my ifs and dens were messed up. You know, there was a time where uh, I went away to college way up in North Carolina. I was running away from God running away from god 's call in my life and but I had a bunch of christian albums radio uh, records that 's how old I am. We had records um, and so not eight tracks records okay and so uh, there happened to be a, three hours of Christian music on the secular campus radio station, and the dj was Graduating, and he made a request, and and I said, "I'll do it, I'll do it." So Sunday mornings, from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m., I was the DJ at Western Carolina University. I was um, my if and then was not not working, but I had Christian Reid, so they let me do it and I would get on there and play Dr. Dobson and then top 10 songs, top 40 songs, and then I would share some things and play some things. And, and then one time I found myself in a place I shouldn't have been. I was at, a, at, a, at like a fraternity party, and there was a DJ there from the radio station. He recognized me. He goes, you're one of those, you're the Christian DJ." And I said, no, I'm not. I, didn't, I literally denied Christ. And I don't laugh because it's funny. I laugh because if I don't laugh, I'll cry. Um, and I denied him. I was not working out my salvation. I, I was living a false life of if, then. And the Romans 6, I was taking uh, for granted the continual grace, like somehow, somehow that the sin would not affect my life. That's how, that's how crazy I was thinking, that the sinful life, somehow, if I continue to do that, I'll still have enough whereabouts to come and ask for forgiveness. What I found myself is I, I started waiting and wallowing in my sin and, and, and asking less and less for forgiveness. Little did I know that not working out my salvation was, was not working the field. It was not, it wasn't cultivating and, and developing, and that definitely wasn't regenerating. The good news is that we're not alone. The Bible does not want us to hold anything back. Uh, uh, the, God doesn't want to hold us anything back in our lives. We want the Holy Spirit to flow in our lives and to work in our lives. Paul starts this cha- uh, the book, We Are Saints, then if we're going to be saints, then we need to make sure our ifs and thens match, they make sense, and that we begin to exercise and work out our salvation. So this morning, you know, again, it's, I'm letting the text determine the topic. God is challenging us. How are you doing in your working out your salvation? Not earning your salvation, but working. So continue to work out your salvation with faith. Fear and trembling, take it seriously. Now, you being here in a lot of ways is taking it seriously. But the question I have is, have you developed? Have you gotten stronger in your faith? And could we tell? Could someone tell? Could your spouse tell? Could your children tell? Can your classmates tell? Can your workmates tell that there's been a change of development in your journey with Jesus in the last two years, the last five years? And that would be a question that I believe the Holy Spirit can answer for you. So let's close our eyes and ask the Lord to help us this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for your goodness and your kindness, for your Holy Spirit, uh, your Holy Spirit that brings conviction in our lives. And Lord, I pray, God, that anyone here that's not sure if anyone can really tell that there's a difference, Lord, that we're not really walking by faith, we're not really being filled with the Holy Spirit, we're just kind of... Uh, coming and playing the religious game. We know the language. We like the people, but we're not really growing. But I pray, God, that you would help us. Help me. Help me to grow, not to be the same person I was even six months ago. Lord, clean up my, my mind and my heart. Clean up our, our attitudes, Lord. Lord, help us to love our neighbors. Pray for our enemies and love them. Lord, help those things that will help us see if the if and then are matching up. So Lord, I pray, God, that you would help us to work it out. Thank you for each person here, God. I pray, God, that you would convict us and that conviction would lead to repentance if that's what's needed and definitely a change of heart and attitude. Lord, help us to like runners do that want to improve in their time. Lord, help us to make the effort to do what it takes to develop and work out our salvation with fear and trembling to take it seriously. Lord, we say thank you, Father, for your goodness. Every head bowed, eye closed. You say, Pastor Mark, can you just pray with me? I just I need to work out some more in my, in my journey with Jesus. Just raise your hand. Amen. Lots of hand. My hand's going up so you can pray for me. Lord Jesus, I pray, God, for those who raise their hands. Lord, I thank you for your Holy Spirit. Lord, you don't come to condemn but you do come to convict and encourage and lift up so Lord, i pray god that you would do that lord help us to to submit to your will help us to be uh, the person that you've designed us to be to live up to that title of being a saint lord we say thank you we love you in jesus name and everybody said amen amen to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.MosaicChurchTLH.com.